It's good. It's good. Uh, I like recording in here. Yeah, the van's mm. really nice and insulated, and it's kind of like soundproof. Mental health can be a difficult topic to talk about. I'd like to change that. I'm Marcus Pipworth, and welcome to the Ministry of Change podcast. Hello, welcome back. Um, this past week, I've been thinking a lot about pace and living in time with the seasons. As I talked about last week, I recently got back from a slow working retreat in Portugal and it's reminded me a lot about the power of slowing down. I think starting this project has been one of the best things that I've ever done. Uh, Helping to open up the conversation around mental health just feels like the thing that I need to be doing right now. But the project isn't all about driving around the UK, meeting lovely people and having a jolly old time. (laughs) I mean, like that's definitely part of it. But like along with that, there comes a great deal of stress and I'm not great at dealing with stress. Like there's all the planning of the journeys, uh, emailing people back and forth, uh, working out where to park my van, um, working out how much money I've got left. I still haven't made the journey sustainable. Uh, and so that's worries me quite a lot. Um, and there's a constant venturing into unfamiliar territory and, and meeting new people, which I, I find difficult sometimes and, I, and it can be hard for me to balance. So before I went to Portugal, I'd let all that start to get on top of me and really start to overshadow the positivity I felt for Ministry of Change. I'd been experiencing high levels of stress and anxiety, and I'd even had a panic attack a few weeks before, which I hadn't had for ages. Basically, I was panicking that I wasn't moving fast enough or getting enough done. I'd initially felt a little guilty about the idea of going to the retreat, and I'd ummed and ahed whether I should or not. However, I soon realised the irony of not going on a week of exploring how to slow down because I was feeling too busy. So I'm really glad I went. So that, that time away helped me get back into the right headspace. Stepping outside of my usual routines and spending time with some like-minded people helped me to get back on track and really strip back what I'm doing to the bare essentials. While I was there, I recorded this conversation with Henrietta Yardin, on the final day of the slow working retreat. I've known Hen for about a year or so through the community we were both part of called the Happy Startup School. Uh, If you want, you can go back and check out episode six where I talked to Lawrence from the Happy Startup School. Um, So Hen was the mastermind behind this slow working retreat. And so her and her partner, Rick, who is uh, featured in episode seven of the podcast, worked together to pull it off. And yeah, I mean, it was really successful from my point of view. In my chat with Hen, we talked about the concept of flowing down and the concept of slow working. We talked about the importance of finding your own rhythm in life. We talked about our mutual interest in living in vans uh, and alternative living in general and living in vans in car parks and the pros and cons that go with that. Uh, We talked about minimal living, and we also talked about breaking through barriers of fear and the power of community. Um, Well, I'll stop rambling on, and I will let you listen to the conversation now with myself and Hen sitting in the back of their camper van. Hi, I'm Henrietta. Um... At the moment, just sitting in the back of our camper van, <laughs> doing uh, this recording, uh, sitting in a beautiful 
eco-farm uh, in Portugal. Um, it's Friday and it's the end of... Coming to the end... It's not Friday, it's Saturday. No, it's Saturday already. Oh my God, it's already Saturday. Okay, so we've been here for nearly a week now. Um, it's been a week of slow working um, and it's the first event that we've done. Um, so it's been lots of learning. It's been a great week. Uh, but yeah, so what's slow working? Yeah, that was going to be my question. What, just, <laughs> yeah, what is slow working? What is slow working? Um, so slow working is um, <clears throat> kind of obviously in the word you've got slow and you have working so the two words um, kind of are a bit opposite we don't often associate work with slowness um, but from my experience I find that the real quality of work comes out when we do take a time to slow down because it's when you slow down that you really kind of focus on the important bits and the good juicy stuff in life um, because it's very easy to get busy and hectic and kind of life kind of runs away with you and before you know it you're you know knee deep in to-do lists and that can be very unproductive for you can actually produce a lot less so um what our dream is really me and my partner rick um is to create a permanent space so kind of like a co-working space but a space that you come and stay for maybe a week maybe a month maybe just a weekend and a um, bit more kind of like a retreat you get a chance to slow down you bring some work with you um, but it's also focusing on those bits in between so you kind of have really um, valuable conversations with people which we kind of facilitate and just allow people to really think about what they need and what they want and what they're doing and what they're going um, so yeah that's it really so this week yeah. has been the first one that we've run kind of trialing some of the ideas that we've had it's been lots of learning um, it's, yeah, it's been great. Well, you mentioned briefly about slow working, but did what you said uh, from your experience, that's how work held. So, can you tell me a little bit about your experience before slow working and how the idea of slow working sort of <laughs> developed? Yeah, sure. Um, so, I guess like two years ago, um, I was in a full time job, I guess three years ago now, uh, working for a mental health service, and I was really unhappy. Um, I was working full-time, doing a desk job in Brighton, living in... I was living in an amazing house, had great friends, uh, I was very, but I was very unhappy. I had enough income to kind of sustain my lifestyle and everything kind of looked good on the outside, but I was very unhappy and instead of kind of taking time out, I then decided to go part-time and take on a job in a design agency. Um, and when that wasn't working uh, and I was still unhappy, I then decided to do a massage course. So at one point I was suddenly doing three different, I had to be three different people throughout the week and I was working seven days a week. And just every time I kind of started to lose kind of focus or, you know, become unhappy, I just filled that time with more activities and doing rather than connecting with myself. Um, and I kind of ran myself to the ground, had a bit of a breakdown, um, lost my jobs because I wasn't very good at them. I quit one and then the other one let me go and then suddenly I was unemployed just doing massage and it was the most amazing period ever. It was like quitting and losing a job was probably the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. Why do you think so many people do that? In my experience of speaking to people and I've done it myself, instead of uh, creating <clears throat> space, we, we feel 
fill our time we fill that like that void with stuff and like it's an interesting concept totally yeah i think for me it's like it's when you stop you're kind of maybe scared of what you might find i think maybe um for myself i didn't know if i had the tools to deal with what i would might find if i stopped and by doing things that's what people see is what you produce so i think my measure of success at that time or value was in what I was doing and what I was creating rather than how, who I was nurturing, like who yeah. I was kind of thing. I think showing people, oh, look what I've done is like so much more value than, you know, if you're just seen as sitting around not doing much, even though you're probably doing a lot. Yeah. It's maybe not, I don't know. So what did valued. happen when you stopped? Um, I slept a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good start. Um, did lots of drawing, lots of writing. I had my got opportunity to follow my own rhythm, which I hadn't had for a long time. Just getting up naturally, going for walks, doing lots of writing. I was still studying my massage course, so still having a bit of purpose was definitely helpful. Uh, even though I wasn't earning any money, it was kind of... And doing something quite holistic, like a massage course, obviously, that makes you way more focus on your body and your breath and all that kind of stuff and got me really into yoga and so just kind of finding a bit more balance that I wasn't able to find when I was really busy and then um yeah so after a while I did eventually get another job (laughs) but I was still trying to keep up the yoga the meditation um but yeah, and then the next job I had, I ended up also just working too much. I would kind of got back in the same trap um, for about a year, and then um, met Rick, and then we decided just to leave everything behind and go travelling around India, and that was an amazing trip. Yeah. <laughs> um, so getting away was really important. Um, we were going to go away for like a year, uh, but actually, after a couple of months, we suddenly realised what we wanted to do and by going to lots of co-working spaces all around Asia and going to lots of yoga retreats and but also working on the road because we couldn't really afford to travel so we were working all the time uh, I went freelance and having yeah managing your own time is a really valuable thing um, it's also very challenging so yeah. we were experimenting a lot with our own rhythms and kind of when do we want to get out, when do we want to work, when are we functioning the best, when do our mind, when do we want to work on our work and when do we want to work with our bodies and it's kind of, it was really, really important and I think so few people get the opportunity to really listen to themselves and or be in spaces where they're allowed to follow their own (coughs) rhythm and I think for me that was kind of really valuable and I really wanted to kind of create a space where other people feel that they can follow their own rhythm they're not yeah kind of dictated um but lots of co-working spaces i think uh are amazing but people kind of come and do their work and leave whereas for me i think the value is people staying together for a period of time because then you do have the deeper conversations over dinner over a walk through the woods and stuff like that and i think those conversations are really their effect how we work and really influence our focus so so how did you get from india to <clears throat> portugal <laughs> um i've always had a dream to buy a camper van and go for a road trip around europe 
Um, and when we were in India and um, we were part of the Happy Startup School, uh, which is kind of a community of purpose-driven entrepreneurs. Um, yeah, that's where we met, isn't it? Yeah, that's where we met, exactly. So we helped our event out there in India and did lots of workshops and stuff that we've kind of been doing this week around kind of clarity and kind of our needs and our purpose. And um, I did this whole drawing, like visualising <clears throat> what I wanted out of life. And it ended up just being this poster of the drawing slow working. Uh, just came out quite naturally. And part of that was um, being closer to home because being in Asia, it was quite far away from home, really. And for me, family is really important. So for me, just being in Europe was important and climate was important. And I think having freedom, so a van was important. And so Portugal just kind of ticked lots of boxes for us. And we had a few people that moved there already. So... Yeah, so I just found a camper van and converted it, and then we drove to Portugal over a, uh, about a month, which is also lots of learning and lots of interest in different... It's really interesting, yeah, living a different lifestyle. Yeah, I'm really interested to talk to you about that, because obviously like, I've been living in a van a bit as well, and I, for the last year or maybe longer, I've been really interested in sort of alternative living, because I just find... Uh, sometimes I just find living in an apartment, I felt like trapped and... Yeah. just wanted some freedom and so like yeah, I've been living in a van and I'd be really interested to hear like sort of your experience of like how that is because I know there's this whole like hashtag van life sort yeah. of throw the back doors open every day is like sitting on the beach <laughs> but like I'm aware and I think you're probably aware that like while there is an element of that sort of freedom there are also sort of the, the, basically there's big pros and big cons yeah. of doing it and I could be really interested to hear some of your experiences yeah like when you take a shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. How do you do that? Um, not very easily, actually. Got very good at controlling my bowels. <laughs> um, but yeah, obviously, the drive was absolutely incredible. It was very beautiful drives to the Pyrenees. And yes, you do park up on the side of mountains and see the views. And when the sun's shining, you put the deck chairs out and you're like, life is bliss. But when you've been driving for seven hours through flat areas of France in the rain, um, not finding anywhere to park, that's a lot less romantic. Um, and then just for me, like, I've always been really interested in, like, minimal living. Just, like, what's the minimal amount of space I need to be happy and yeah. to survive? And having that space on wheels is incredible because any anywhere is my home and it's kind of... It's amazing how attached you get to a space. I guess it's like kind of that idea when you're a kid and you build a den or you have that you know, tree house or it's yeah. something about a van has that kind of similar vibe and it I think adds a bit of playfulness to life. But I think yeah, that those sides are amazing. But there's definitely periods where it's a everything's a challenge. Like we've run out of water, where we're we gonna get water um, run out of gas, when we're going to fill up with gas, and oh, I guess it's a car, so it's a vehicle that can break down in just the most inappropriate moments. Um, but I, I think it's an adventure, and if you have a positive mentality and kind of work through it, it's really rewarding, I definitely think. It's definitely the best thing I've done. But we have just recently got an apartment after living in a car park for 
a couple of runs. <laughs> yeah, but I did go to that car park, and it is a car park overlooking the the uh, the river with the the, the statue of Christ looking yeah. down over it. So it's as far as car parks go, it's not the worst car no, park to in live the in. Central Lisbon as well. Yeah, right in the centre of Lisbon, but um, but yeah, no, I can see sort of yeah, yeah, maybe car park living long term. Totally. It's not not always the answer. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, exactly. There seems to be some people in that car park that have been there for a long, long yeah, time. I think some have been there for a couple of years. Yeah, there's but... people in the VW hatchback, or like the, the just in the car. Yeah, there seem to be a... people living in cars there as well. But yeah. it's really interesting how that lifestyle p- brings you in contact with people that you would never talk to yeah. otherwise, and just I think that's really important. That's something I really value is not always being with people that you're comfortable with as in you know the friends that you've known or you've got a similar lifestyle and I think that really challenges the way that you think Mm. about life and just makes you a bit more empathetic I think yeah I think yeah it's really interesting Uh, yeah I'm keen to explore it a little bit more yeah see how it goes but uh I've enjoyed it so far yeah and I've hated it at times (laughs) Um, like going back to the slow working week, um, uh, how do you get from? Um, I, I don't know. I think it's quite a, a challenging thing to organise an event mm-hmm. in a foreign country and get people to come over here. And I mean, I, I imagine it will require breaking through quite a few barriers of sort of fear of failure, fear of, sort of no one turning up, or like like how did you deal with those sort of things? Um, I had a lot of anxiety and a lot of fear. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think I'm really, um, I think it really helped just me and Rick being together because it's been quite a challenge as a couple, but also being the two of us, we kind of support each other and encourage each other. So we take it in yeah. turns to be the other person's cheerleader when the other one's feeling a bit down. So our kind of communication and and uh, and shared kind of our vision is really important. I think because. We were quite strong about what it was we wanted to create, and that really helped. Um, I think doing uh, being at the Happy Startup School events um, and kind of talking about what we were going to do before we'd even done it um, before I think, yeah, back in September at summer camp, which is that weekend. camping and workshops and connecting (laughs) um I talked about it a lot then I think when you start if you've got an idea I think you just have to put it out there and I think just talking to people and people being like ah that's a really good idea or even if they thought it was a bit crazy they could see that that's what we were passionate about and I think just sharing your passion is just the first step because then you get encouraged to kind of continue and you might fail but think I've don't know made a lot of changes in my life and I've been a lot more fearful when I was that moment in Brighton working full-time and not really sure what I'm doing when I <coughs> but I think let, letting get rid of all my stuff living out of backpack for a while just being quite nomadic and traveling around India and I don't know doing things that really push you I think you realize what real fear is and what you know, yeah. <laughs> when to be, when should you really be scared and when is it, you know, you're more likely to grow and learn. So I think it's been quite scary, but definitely just sharing the vision with lots of people and just kind of working through what the idea is. And then um, 
yeah, being in Portugal, I think maybe we're a little bit mad. Um, I think a little bit of insanity is really good. <laughs> Just, you know, yeah. I think I'm probably a bit too optimistic. Um, but I think, I don't know, I think that's good. I think otherwise we wouldn't have done it because I don't know if I would necessarily had all the skills I needed to put this on, but I think I had enough to for people to want to be part of it and yeah and then uh, what was the other questions i can't um, remember what the other questions were but talking like, about portugal yeah. and getting people out here and yeah but I, I think actually just to pick up on what you said earlier about sharing yeah. your idea i remember in september when we were both at the happy startup summer camp that yeah. was where like i was in the very early stages of like thinking about what this project my ministry of change project can be and you were in those stages of sort of thinking like we're, we're we've just got this van and we're going to go off to portugal but we don't know what's going to happen and there was a lot of like fear but like excitement and none of us really knew what was going to happen we all just knew like what had happened before wasn't really working so we were going to change something and i had no idea what would happen and I still don't know what will happen in the future but here we are both of yeah. us sitting in the back of a van at a sway working <laughs> retreat that you've created in Portugal <laughs> on the podcast that I was terrified of even like speaking to people like on recording like like only what six months ago or something so I think it's yeah. it's quite amazing to think of it in terms of that so I think yeah. that's sort of like a symbol of like I, I wonder like where that sort of that um sort of wall of like this anxiety and fear is too much so I'm not going to attempt it mm. and where that it's like okay that fear and anxiety is there it's really real but like yeah. I don't care and I'm going to carry on going over over I'm going to jump over that barrier yeah and I think like it's a really fine line but somewhere along the way totally. like we've all crossed that and it's good so I think having fear and anxiety is really important it's just knowing how to work with it yeah and kind of finding the tools to kind of help you manage that rather than letting it kind of overwhelm you or control you, dictate you. I'm not saying that it doesn't sometimes. Like, anxiety is definitely something that I still struggle with, but I'm more aware, like, I'm, I see the anxiety as something a little bit more separate from me. Like, I can be aware of the anxiety and try and find ways to with it for me it's for me it's very psychological also kind of doing the physical things yeah and being in the right spaces with the right people and getting the support from the right people so for this how do you feel that this week has gone what are your what are your general feelings what are the the the, <clears throat> the bits that you've struggled with the most and what are the bits mm. that you thought like yes that's exactly what i want yeah so as soon as kind of the numbers were confirmed and the people that were coming i instant i knew that it was going to be a really great group. Um, it's quite interesting. Uh, I've got my stepdad here, who's... Uh, I won't say his age, actually, because he'll hate me. Um, but it's he's kind of been there, done it. He's set up a social enterprise and been working for himself for 20 years. And then you've got my... Um, got Rick's younger brother, Jack, who's, you know, early 20s. and So it's kind of nice to have that spectrum of people. And I thought it's really interesting to see how that would kind of pan out and I think the energy of the group has been amazing and uh, I feel like we've created a space where people feel uh, very relaxed and open there's a lot of honest conversations happening and that's really what we wanted to facilitate and just gives people space to kind of work how they want and 
I think that's been really, really successful. Um, we're in a really beautiful location in Portugal. Um, the weather hasn't been amazing, but we've had nice cosy evenings by the fire and just kind of living a week of how I kind of like to live life. <laughs> on Wednesday know, it was really sunny. We went surfing and yeah, got sunburned and it was We're great at surfing. Yeah, yeah, no, we were yeah, the four of us that surfed are probably four of the best surfers ever. Yeah. After two hours of surfing. Absolutely. I mean <laughs> no, yeah. I did really enjoy it. I I enjoyed it way more than I thought I would. Yeah, me too. I'm scared of waves as well and I wasn't scared at all. Yeah. That was really good. And then um but yeah, so things that haven't gone so well, I think um for me, it was quite hard to find a balance between how much structure we put in the week and how much freedom we give people. And I think some people have brought projects with them and were quite happy to self-manage. kind of And when there was time, they would just go off and do that. Whereas other people maybe came with less of a clear idea of what they wanted to do and needed a lot more kind of direction. So um, I think managing expectations and kind of the group dynamic and not being um, shy or... I think I, I got a bit anxious about kind of directing too much. Um, but I think having a bit more assertiveness in me as well, just kind of telling people what they should do and when and being okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, and also, like, my role, as I think I've realised that there's quite a difference between someone who's kind of hosting and making sure you know, everyone's accommodations right and all the timing's right, and being a facilitator where you're kind of running workshops and in groups. And I think for me it was, yeah, it was interesting to see kind of where my energy was in different days and realizing that I was probably giving myself way too many tasks to do. Um, and also that, and therefore not giving myself enough time to think, focus on my own needs and well being, and yeah. So, Would you do it again? Yeah, definitely. I think so. I think I need a bit more help. Good. Well, <laughs> I've really enjoyed it, and I would definitely come back, and I would definitely recommend other people to come. Yeah. Yeah. Great. great. Thanks a lot. Well, thanks very much for Hen for sitting down with me to chat. It was really nice recording that in the back of her van. It was sort of like really peaceful. It was like having a little studio and I'm going to try and record more of them in my van I think um yeah if you'd like to find out more about Hen's slow working journey and find out more about upcoming retreats and that sort of thing then check out uh her website which is uh www.slow that's without a w so s-l-o so it's slow-working.strikingly.com where you can sign up to their newsletter or maybe go to their Facebook page, which is at Slow Working Space. Again, that's like slow without a W. So S-L-O Working Space. Um, to follow my mental health journey around the UK with Ministry of Change, then go to my website, which is www.theministryofchange.org. And if you uh, would like to get in contact with me, if you've got a story about your own mental health or you're part of something which you think benefits mental health in general, then do get in touch. Uh, maybe I'll drive my Ministry of Change fan to come and meet you. That would be lovely. Okay, but anyway, for now... Goodbye and I will speak to you in the next episode.